Good morning, good morning, top of the morning, good morning, church. This is your very own Pastor Thorpe, pastor of the First Baptist Missionary Church, amen, in Graham, North Carolina. God bless you today. We praise God for this time together uh, that we can worship and hear his word as well. I miss you, First Baptist, my God, although we're not gathering physically, we're still gathering within spirit. We just praise God for the spirit of worship this Sunday morning, this first Sunday, this Sunday morning. Amen. God bless you today. God bless you and your family as well. And as we're speaking of worship, it's very important that we continue to uh, stay committed to our tithes and offering. The church uh, has to continue to operate and to, to move with excellence. So as we shared on last week for now, you can mail your, your tithes and your offering to P.O. Box 191 Graham, North Carolina, 27253, or you can uh, choose to give online. We do now have that, that platform. We're registered with Giveafly. Uh, you can search First Baptist Missionary Church and Givelify. It Saints is a mobile giving app, and you can track your giving. You can categorize your, your giving. And so do that as we continue to make full proof of the ministry. You know, the Bible says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over. And speaking of overflow, following today's message, if you can participate in communion from your home, you know, with your bread or wine, whatever you may have. And so engage with us through Holy Communion following the preached word. Is preaching time. Dr. Thomas Long says preaching is not merely a deed performed by an individual preacher, but rather the faithful action of the whole church. I say this many times that preaching matters, especially in times of crisis. And I'm grateful for this opportunity this morning to talk just, just a short while from the thought, I'm choosing faith over fear. I'm choosing faith over fear. The Bible says, if you have your Bibles with you, maybe you have the Bible app or a physical Bible, go with us to Exodus 17. Exodus 17, beginning at verse 9. This how I read, saints, and Moses said to Joshua, Choose out some men and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him, and he fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Ur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed, and when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed, but Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Ur supported his hands, one on one side, and the other on the other side. And his hands were stead unto the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge 
of the sword. Isn't that what your Bible says? I just want to preach uh, briefly this Sunday morning. I'm choosing faith over fear. I'm choosing faith over fear. There's a difference between fear and faith. What is faith in a way, saints? Faith is trust. Faith is belief. Faith is having hope. Faith is putting a candle in the darkest night. Faith is trust in the unseen. I wish I had some help here. Faith is a courageous adventuring. Faith is venturing into untried territory. Yes, faith is assurance. Faith is that which enabled Abraham to obey when God summoned him to leave his home for a region which he was to have for his own and to leave home without knowing where he was going. It has been said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. See, faith is knowing that God will turn things around. Faith is something that has to be applied. You can't just talk about it. You can't just sing or shout about it. Your faith at times has to be tested. See, faith has to be demonstrated and practiced. But now, what is fear? Fear is an attitude of distress caused by concern. Fear is panic, fear is worry. Fear is apprehension, fear is uneasiness. It twitches, it's, it's unstable. Fear can paralyze you. Fear can have you doubting God. Fear can lead to insecurity. I wish I had some help here. It can have you wavering in your faith, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Fear can make us act from our worst selves. That's what fear does. Ever since the coronavirus entered our mental culture, for some of us, it has become omnipresent. We have been engulfed in its word and its fearful power. Is it possible to obsess about something till one becomes sick with it? This can happen with an individual obsession. What happens when a whole culture obsesses over something as potent as the current pandemic? This panic can be driven by fear and ought to be replaced by faith. Oh my God, it's all right to panic, but don't give way to it. We need to know that God doesn't panic. Brother and sister, this panic didn't sneak up on God. 
God doesn't fear and he, he has not given us the spirit of, of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind. I wish I had some help here. I heard a preacher say God is still God even when the pressure is on. We see pressure on a different scale in this digital age. Pastors are tired. Staff are tired. Leaders are tired. Healthcare workers are tired. Parents are tired. Children are tired. And school administrators are tired, seeking endless ways to stave off the fear and anxiety that does under, they're under, under our care. Last week, I, I spent connecting with church members and family. We, we had a death in the family. My uncle, may he rest in peace, Uncle Elijah of New Jersey. And we, we gonna keep the Thorpe family uh, lifted in prayer in this hour of bereavement. And we know that God is our refuge. But sometimes I get scared. Sometimes I, I don't know what's gonna happen next. But remember, a life without a storm. But who remembers a life without a trial? Who remembers a time without hardship? See, this is our new normal. But fear is an opportunity for faith. Great God from Zion. See, a dying man was fearful. Even though he was a born-again Christian, he, he expressed his feelings to his Christian doctor. The physician was silent, not knowing what to say. And just then, a whining and a scratch was heard at the door. And when the doctor opened it, it bounded his beautiful dog, who, who often went with him as he made house calls. And the dog was glad to see his master and sensing an opportunity to comfort his troubled patient. And saints, the doctor said, my dog has never been in here before. So he didn't know what it was like in here, but he knew I was in the room. And that was enough. And in the same way, faith is knowing that God is here. And that's enough. And that's all I need to know. You know, one of the mothers would sing, I've got a feeling that everything is going to be all right. And the Holy Ghost then told me everything's going to be all right. I got a feeling today is everything's is going to be all right. And when I think of where we are today, I think of Moses. I think of the people of Israel in Exodus, uh-huh, Exodus 17 and our text today. When the Lord God sent his people free, free from the harsh rule of Pharaoh, and God said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? You tell the Israelites to move on, raise your staff and, and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that, 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 that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. And then, folks, Moses, he stretched out his hand and all night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind. He turned it to dry land. See, the church needs to hold up the staff and stretch out this, his hands over the sea. In fact, we see here 
and that's the 17 when Israel is fighting the Malachites that Moses needed help with that staff. And as long as Moses held up his hands, Israel prevailed. And as long as Moses held up his hands, Israel triumphed. But when he lowered them, Amalek prevailed. And when Moses' hands grew heavy, they took a stone and put it under him and, and he sat on it. Then Aaron and Aaron heard his hands, lifted his hands, one on each side, so that his hands remained steady until the sun went down. My God, many pastors and churches are in similar postures right now. And as our people are seeking to find refuge from the fear surrounded us, we raise our arms high in worship. We raise our arms high in praise and prayer that we will lead the people. And as we seek to lead where we intercede on behalf of the church, and like Moses, many of us are feeling tired. We're feeling burnt out. We're, we're stressed out on every side. We've been working around the clock. We need an Aaron and an earth. I want you to hear something right now. I know you are burned out, tired, the bills are due, even a bit fearful for our world, even sometimes anxious concerning the church, but even for yourself, even for your family. I fear that as well, and it's going to get harder before it gets better. But let me remind you of two very important truths that we can find here in today's text. First of all, God's will, God's goodness will prevail. I cannot pretend to know the future, but what I can do is look to the past and see that time and time again, God has provided a way out of no way. Exceeding good comes from and after enormous pain. If you've never been sick, how do you know that he's a healer? Let's not pretend for a moment that as Moses watched God's people across through the parted waters, seeking refuge from the hundreds of years of slavery, that he didn't have doubts that the waters could come crashing in, or that at his staff sank lower as Israel fought the Amalekites, that all might, that all night, that they might have a defeat. But time and time again, God has come through. And if God can come through for Israel, God can come through for you. This is not to say that the trial we are currently going through won't be fierce and the consequences severe. But yet God's goodness will prevail. His goodness is to a thousand generations. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will make all things new. God's goodness will prevail. And here's the thing that we, we don't want to hear. But we know it's true. We know that this is going to get worse, not better in the intermediate future. And this week, many of us learned domestic violence shelters are awaiting a surge. 
North Carolina food banks are overwhelmed. No extra state COVID-19 resources for inmates. And this doesn't help our exhaustion, but I heard Dr. William Barber say this virus has opened wounds. And it proves that Americans can find $2.5 trillion, but we refuse to expand Medicare. We've had 36 million people uninsured. Y'all don't hear me. But one day, when we look back, we can see that God hasn't forgotten the poor. There's a book you need to get. Get it when you get a chance. Matter of fact, read it with your children. The book is entitled The Cost of Inequality. Three Decades of the Super Rich and the Economy. In it, Stuart Lindsay Lancy says, uh, the super rich have been a cancer to the nation. And I believe God is still at work. God can trust God. We can trust God anyhow. But when we look back from the future, we can see him at work in our past. But finally, his glory is present. Not only God's goodness will prevail, but his glory is present. And all we're saying today is that you are not alone. The burdens you carry today are, I know they're heavy. But because they are heavy, they speak of something extraordinary. Your burdens are heavy because of your love for God's people. He says, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The deeper our pain during this time, the more it reveals the connection we have towards others. And in Exodus 17, we, we began with the most basic foundation for community. When we lead God's people through difficult times, as Moses did, we believe that God is with us doing the heavy lifting. Now, which my have my help here. The Bible says all night the Lord drove the sea back. But God only, not only gives himself, but he gives us other people. For Moses, he, it was Aaron and Ur. And for us, it might be our spouse or a colleague. For us, it might be a spouse, a colleague, or a best friend. Must I preach in the house? But most of our church doors are closed. Most of us are doing and being being the church in ways we could never imagine. Yes, we are isolated. Yes, we are socially distanced. And yet, we are still together. And we see the weight is easier when it's shared. And that's why, that's why we need the corner near. That's why we need the church. We share the challenge and the burden of God's people. And this week I learned, I leaned on my deacons. This week, I've leaned on my church council. This week, I leaned on the prayers of the saints. I've leaned, I leaned on the prayers of the assembly. Must I preach in the house? See, God is sustaining them, and we are holding up one another. When we are not meant to walk in this alone, but with God, 
and his people. We can make it through. We can make it through together. Will God, you are not alone. Will God, you will prevail. Will God, I don't believe you hit me. With God, he said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I heard, I said, I heard, I heard him say that the very thing that you need is the very thing that you need is in your hands. The same instrument of salvation is in your hands. The way the way out is in your hands. That power is in your hands. Great God from Zion, must I preach in how? What are you crying about? It's in your hands. What do you think that you want? It's in your hands. So stretch out the rod. It's in your hands. Uh, I don't have a new rod, but it's in your hands. I don't have a new instrument. It's in your hands. I don't have a new plan, but it's in your hands. Your course is charted, it's charted, but it's in your hands. It's gonna be all right. This coronavirus is gonna be all right. The church is gonna be all right. You may be scared, but it's gonna be all right. He woke me up <laughs> this morning. It's gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right. It's in your hands. Deliverance is in your hands. Salvation is in your hands. You got it. What it takes is in your hands. I'm choosing faith is in your hands. I'm choosing fear over faith is in your hands. Is in your hands. Is in your hands. Today, I'm choosing faith over fear. Let us pray. God, we thank you for, we thank you for the word. We thank you for what you shared with your people today. That is in our hands. We're choosing faith over fear. We're choosing truth over terror. God, we pray that our lives be reflections of you. God, we know that we are not alone. God's goodness will prevail. God's glory is present with us in times like these. And today is the day of salvation. Won't you come wherever you are? Won't you come? This is the day of salvation. Come courageously. Come willingly. The door stands ajar. The doors of the church, church online are open today. Won't you come? This first call is the call of salvation. 
But also the second call is to call to, to join the church. Maybe you don't have a church home today. You've been praying and pleading. It's time for a church home. If the church physical or non-physical, the time is now. You can join right now in church online. Won't you come now? Maybe you've been praying. You, your heart has been heavy this week. And you're standing in the need of prayer. And we praying God's blessings on you. Today is the day of salvation. Now this time we, we come now as we come to the Lord's Supper. We come now, God. We come now, God. Rejoicing. For Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And this bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. Now it's time for holy, holy communion. The Lord's Supper. And this is a way, saints, to celebrate our relationship with Jesus Christ. Let us come now. And you can participate wherever you are. If you're in your home, you can participate just right where you are. Maybe you have it with your own bread, with your own wine, whatever you decide to use. Let us come now. The Bible says that in the same night that he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he gave thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now let us eat together. But also in the same way, he, he took the cup. And after supper, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. This do, as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Now, let us drink together in unison. In Jesus' name. Amen. God, we thank you right now. God, we thank you for today's message. We thank you for allowing us to participate in Holy Communion. And God, may we walk in the light as you are the light. May we have fellowship with one another. For the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. 